Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Today, I'm answering listeners' questions. I've received some really good ones, including how accurate are food sensitivity tests? Are powdered green products healthy? What about dehydrated fruits? A listener asks, what brand of bottled water do I recommend? What are some natural ways to improve eyesight? And I'll share why you should avoid MSG and how to play detective when it's called something else on the label to fool you. A listener wants to know a natural remedy to combat ulcers. And I'll share some foods you can eat that have been proven to help people from getting skin cancer. This and much more. You have questions and I have answers. Stay tuned for this information pack segment and it all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman. Changing lives just for the health of it. Today, I'm answering listeners' questions. Remember, if I answer yours on the air, I'm going to send you a signed copy of my number one best-selling book, Food Sanity, How to Eat in a World of Fads and Fiction. And I'm going to include my best-selling audiobook, America's Unbalanced Diet. If you have any health-related questions or comments, you can reach out to me at askthedoctor at toyourgoodhealthradio.com. Okay, let's get to your questions. Our first one comes from Roberta Meeks from Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. Dr. Friedman, what is your opinion on food sensitivity tests? I took one and I was told I had a food intolerance to almonds and I needed to stop eating them. But I love almonds and I eat them all the time with no issues. Are these tests accurate? That's a great question, Roberta. Unfortunately, many of these so-called food sensitivity tests and even some allergy tests are not accurate. It really depends on what type of test that you have. For those having the skin prick test, 60% come back with false positives. If you had a food sensitivity test and it was called the ALCAT, which is really the most popular test out there, so that probably what you had, research published by the Clinical Journal of Immunology found it lacks any scientific or clinical proof of efficacy. Some of these food sensitive tests out there, they come back positive for what you've recently consumed a lot of and they come back negative for foods that you've avoided this could explain why almonds showed up as a food that you should avoid and just for giggles i actually took the alcat test and it showed i had severe food sensitivity to mangoes and pineapples and these two were listed in the red category which means i should completely avoid them well ironically i had been eating a lot of pineapples and mangoes for two weeks prior to taking the test sometimes if we eat a lot of a specific food our body reacts in a defensive manner. This could really explain your test results and why you love almonds and it showed up as being positive. The most accurate test out there is actually called the immunocap and it tests the antibody IgE. However, in my clinic, I prefer doing what's called an elimination diet. And this is really great for figuring out what foods my patient should avoid. Nothing more accurate and reliable than that. And there's a lot of great books written on elimination diets. Or you can check out the article I wrote on the topic on my website, drdavidfriedman.com. All right, our next question comes from Diane Feldman, Barstow, California. Dr. Friedman. I'm not a big fan of eating greens. Can I just consume powdered greens in a smoothie and get the same nutritional benefits? Well, Diane, there's really no strong research to support long-term health benefits of consuming these powdered greens like there is when we consume real 
vegetables. Real is always better. The reason is these powders, what they are, they're dehydrated, they're overly processed, and what they do is they remove the healthy, soluble, and insoluble fiber that's contained in fresh greens. When they take that out, guess what? That's the stuff that gives you the great health benefits like lowering cholesterol levels, regulating blood sugar, and lowering the risk of heart disease, diabetes, and even cancer. Also, when greens are processed into a powder, this actually lessens the nutritional value considerably. So the key is you really want to eat a rainbow of colored fruits and veggies. That's the best way to get your super green health benefits. But if you just hate the taste of greens, you can do something else. You can try cooking them different ways to see if that satisfies your finicky palate. So, for example, add some greens in a casserole or a quiche or toss some greens in a soup. If that doesn't work, yes, green veggie powders, they're better than no greens. So go with the powders if you have to, if you can't go elsewhere. All right, next we go to Maria Fussell from Greensville, North Carolina. I recently read the article you wrote on alkaline water and I've stopped buying it at the store. Is there a particular brand of bottled water that you do recommend? Uh, thanks for the question, Maria. And for those of you that did not read my article on alkaline water, you can go to drdavidfriedman.com and check it out. And before I answer Maria's question, I want to share a little bit of why I'm not a fan of alkaline water. You can find these things now, folks, everywhere. They're at health food stores, grocery stores, even gas stations sell alkaline water. And many people are even purchasing their own alkalinizing water system for their homes. I know there's a popular network marketing company out there selling a pH regulating machine for a hefty $6,000. That's a Ooh, it's a lot of money for water. The health claims that I've, I've seen, oh, there's so many of them about alkaline water. They're endless. They include things from weight loss and reducing wrinkles, reversing arthritis, preventing and curing autoimmune disease, diabetes, and even cancer. And the goal of this magic elixir is it's supposed to raise the body's pH level to make it more alkaline. And to give you an idea, the pH scale of zero would be acidic level, and a pH of 14 would be at the very high end of the alkaline scale. Regular water falls right there about in the middle of the spectrum, a neutral pH of about 7 to give you an idea. So advocates of alkaline water believe our drinking water should have a much higher pH, and there's one brand of alkaline water out there that boasts having a pH of over 14. And these companies claim if you drink their alkaline water, it's going to help you neutralize your body's acidity and create an environment that's less conducive to the formation of disease. Now, I do want to stress there's a difference between naturally occurring alkaline water and most of these brands sold out that you'll see in the stores and the water section. Uh, natural alkaline water occurs when water passes over rocks, and what it does is it picks up minerals, which increases its alkalinity. This is called spring water. It's sourced from natural springs, and it has a moderate alkaline pH level, typically around 7.8. However, most of these alkaline waters available on the market, they go through a chemical process called electrolysis. And electricity is used to raise the water's pH. And as for all these claims out there, I've seen so many of them. There's simply no science to back any of them up. But there is one thing that alkaline water can help with. If you have an overly acidic stomach and you suffer from heartburn, if you drink a glass of alkaline water, it may help. But just like Alka-Seltzer works, the Alka literally means alkaline. Alka-Seltzer. Alkaline seltzer. It creates alkalinity to do what? 
to combat an overly acidic stomach. But even if you do suffer from occasional indigestion, would you drink Alka-Seltzer throughout the day and drink it to wash down all your meals? Hope not, because the manufacturer clearly wants on the label. It's dangerous to take Alka-Seltzer for more than three days in a row. Yet many people drink alkaline water every single day as their primary beverage. Not good, folks. The truth is, drinking alkaline water lowers the natural stomach's acidity, which, by the way, is needed to kill bacteria and pathogens. Our stomach acid, it's supposed to be acidic. That's why it's called stomach acid. It's called stomach acid because it needs to be acid. If it becomes too alkaline, it can cause gastrointestinal issues and it can lead to metabolic alkalosis. And this condition produces a uh, decline in cognitive health, creates disorientation, can cause nausea, muscle twitching, tingling in the extremities and hand tremors. And alkaline water also decreases calcium absorption and can negatively affect bone health. So you females out there taking your calcium, worried about your bone health. If you're drinking your alkaline water while you're swallowing your calcium pills, it's defeating the purpose. Alkaline water is not good for bones. And let me share a little biology. The human body already has an innate ability to regulate its own pH. This is known as acid-base homeostasis. We don't need to drink electrocharged water to increase our pH. For example, uh, lemon juice. Let's look at lemon juice. It's it, in its natural state. It's acidic with a pH of two. Lemons, right? We know they're very acidic, but once metabolized in the stomach, it actually becomes alkaline at a pH of seven. And scientists, they're baffled how this happens because it's difficult to duplicate the pH of the human body in a petri dish. You know, we have this amazing ability to balance our body's internal environment beyond the scope of what current science can fully understand. And you know, the big pitch that I always hear by these distributors of alkaline water is that all diseases can't survive in an alkaline-rich environment. Well, that's not the case when it comes to our blood. Since our blood is always alkaline, that means all human diseases can survive just fine in an alkaline environment. Our blood is alkaline. If alkaline water actually did what these distributors claim and increased the pH of our blood, guess what? We would die. Humans can't survive if their blood reaches a pH of 7.8. So if you buy an oak, I got to get this 9 and 10 and 11 water that you see at all the grocery store. Be glad that it's not bringing your blood to that level. You would die. And luckily for us, research shows that what we eat and drink does not significantly affect our blood pH. So it's not necessary to play chemist and manipulate the body into changing its pH levels. Okay, that said, back to your question, Maria. I prefer a home reverse osmosis system, but if you want to go with bottled water, there's really only one that I recommend. It's called Penta Ulta Pure. They use a 13 step patented reverse osmosis process to purify their water. Penta water has a naturally occurring pH and they never use this pH altering chemicals or additives. And you can check them out at their website, pentawater.com. Go check them out. All right. We go to Brenda Hirsch from Concord, New Hampshire. 
Her question, see, her question was sent through the Facebook Food Sanity Forum. That's great. If you're not a member of this forum and you would like free access to my daily nutrition and health news that you can use with a little humor thrown in between, go to Facebook and search for the Food Sanity Forum. Be part of this wonderful culinary conundrum circle of friends. We have a lot of fun, and I do personally answer everyone's question. That is me. That is not somebody hired. I answer all of them myself. Okay. Okay, Brenda asks, every time I buy fruit, it rots before I eat it. Can I just eat dried or dehydrated fruit, or do these options no longer have the nutrients found in fresh fruits? Ah, great question, Brenda. Dehydrated fruit actually contains the same amount of nutrients as fresh fruit. It's just condensed in a smaller package. Dried fruits offer uh, more fiber and more of the antioxidants called phenols per ounce than fresh fruit. And this high fiber content, it's heart healthy and it helps to combat obesity and colon cancer. However, dehydrated fruit, one thing you gonna watch out for is it's higher in sugar and calories, so you wanna eat it in smaller amounts. And another thing that you can do is freeze your fruit when you bring it home, if it goes bad so quickly, because berries, peaches, things like bananas, they maintain all of the nutritional content when they're frozen. You can defrost them if you want to eat them, or take them right out of the freezer, throw them in your morning smoothie, give it a spin, just as nutritious as when you brought it home. The next question comes from Alice Lawson, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Dr. Friedman, I'm a longtime listener and love the show. My question is, I'm 75 and having some issues with my vision. Is there any foods or supplements that I can take to help improve my eyesight? Uh, first of all, thanks for being a longtime listener, and I'm glad to hear the show is bringing value to your life. Regarding your question, yes, there's actually a few things that you can do to help improve your vision. First, when it comes to diet, you want to eat cold water fish like salmon, tuna, sardines, and mackerel. They are rich in omega-3 fatty acids, which research shows may help combat macular degeneration, diabetic blindness, and even cataracts. Also, pistachios, walnuts, and almonds give you omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin E, which actually boosts eye health. So throw those in the mix for a snack. In addition, you want to eat greens. Go for the spinach or the collard greens. They offer lutein, which helps improve functionality of the eyes. And eggs is another great choice to add to your diet. They contain vitamin A, which promotes eye health. So you got a few options there for food. Let's talk about supplements. Yes, there actually been a few of them that help ocular health. Uh, one that I really like is called Bilberry. A clinical trial of over 300 people found those who took Bilberry experienced a boost in their vision. Another one is called Eyebrite, appropriately named for its use as an eye remedy. And third, there's one called Marigold that I like, and this has been used since the 12th century for eyesight restoration. I've seen these three products put together in, in uh, different products on Amazon with all three of them ingredients that saves you money, and we don't get to go out and buy all three separately. All right, all those in favor, say aye. The eyes have it. Hope that helps and answers your question. We go to Nina Ritchie from, let's see, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Dr. Friedman, I have a bad reaction to MSG. I get a severe headache and my heart races. I seem to be getting the same symptoms when I eat products at the grocery store that don't have MSG listed on the label. Are there any other names that I need to be aware of? 
Yes, for those not familiar with MSG, that stands for monosodium glutamate. It's a common flavor enhancer. Uh, MSG, it's, oh, it's been linked to so many things, uh, health conditions like uh, irritable bowel syndrome, arthritis, asthma, allergies, headaches, heart palpitations, memory loss. I mean, the list goes on and on. And MSG, it's very common. You'll find this in soups and seasonings and meat products, dressings and condiments. Since more and more people are avoiding MSG, the food industry is trying to hide that ingredient by using different names. In fact, there are now over 40 different ingredients that manufacturers use that contain MSG. And I'll share the top seven with you that you want to keep your eye out for. Uh, one is called hydrolyzed vegetable protein. If you see that, stay away. Another is called textured vegetable protein. If you see yeast extract, or sometimes they'll call it autolyzed yeast, stay away. Uh, gelatin, soy protein isolate, and calcium caseinate. If you see any of those on the label and you have a reaction to MSG, don't put those into your shopping cart. All right, we go to Ronald Hale from Miami, Florida. Uh, Dr. Freeman, I was diagnosed with an ulcer. Could the stress I've been under lately be the cause? Interesting question, Ronald. You know, for decades, doctors believed that stomach ulcers were caused by stomach acid, which does increase during times of stress, but they also believe that hot peppers caused ulcers. I remember that was a big no-no for people that were prone to ulcers. Now they know an ingredient in hot peppers actually protects us from getting ulcers, so it's good for us. And current research now shows the majority of ulcers are not caused from stress. They're caused from a type of bacteria called H. pylori. And people that have this bacteria in their digestive tract, they're more prone to getting ulcers. Another major cause of ulcers is the long-term use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen and naprazen. Uh, uh, you can look at these, you recognize them, uh, Advil if you see that, Motrin or Aleve, those are sources of those drugs that have been linked to causing ulcers. If you go long-term, one very proactive step you can do to combat the H. pylori is consume Manuka Honey, great stuff. Um, I pour it in my tea every day. It's really, really high, uh, high in nutrients. And research shows that specific honey suppresses the growth of H. pylori in gastric epithelial cells. So look for Manuka honey. All right, let's see. I think we have time for um, two more questions. Let's go with uh, Susan Pritchard from Florence, South Carolina. She asks, I can't get rid of chronic candida yeast infection that I have. It's so bad my tongue constantly has a white film on it. I've tried all the recommended diets and nutritional products. It goes away, but then it comes right back with a vengeance. Any suggestions? Yes, you know, candida is typically found in the mouth and intestines and on the skin. However, too much of it can compromise the immune system and lead to a yeast infection. Sounds like you're doing everything right. It goes away. You're doing good with your nutrition and your, your, your diet uh, comes back. So here's a little tip that will perhaps bring you lasting results. Sanitize your toothbrush after each use. You see, yeast thrives on the moist bristles of a toothbrush, and when somebody brushes their teeth, they can reinfect themselves through the gums and into the bloodstream it goes. To keep this from happening, dip your toothbrush in food-grade hydrogen peroxide 
dry it with a hair dryer. Put the hair dryer right on it, and it'll warm those hot bristles up, kill any yeast cells. And this combination destroys all that yeast buildup because it stays on the bristles. And then you reinfect it, you brush your teeth, it gets right back in the bloodstream. Sounds like that possibly could be your problem. All right, let's go to uh, one more. Let's go to Gary Whittle from Clearwater, Florida. He asks, um, I just had some skin cancer removed. Other than sunblock, are there any foods I can take that will keep my skin safe? Ah, great timely question. The sunny season is here. Yes, I am. Um there's been a recent study that I read about three weeks ago. It was conducted at the University of Alabama showing consuming grapes protects the body from getting skin cancer. Investigators reported that the grape intake was leaked to decrease DNA damage, fewer deaths of skin cells, and a reduction in inflammation, the markers for skin cancer. Grapes are actually, they call them edible sunscreen. I love that. So next time you see a grape, that's an edible sunscreen. But of course... Keep in mind, grapes have a high level of pesticides, so you want to be sure and only buy organic grapes. Uh, I have a little rule of thumb with um, grapes or other vegetables or fruits if you want to buy them organic or not. It's called the rule of thumb nail tests. You get your little thumbnail if you know if you can puncture that grape easily. More than likely, pesticide penetrates it. So grapes really high on the list for being pesticide. You want to get organic. Uh, look at other things like apples and pears and strawberries. If it's easy for you to puncture it with your nail, think of pesticides and other junk getting in there. Bananas, not so much. Pineapples, not so much. Coconuts, not so much. Don't worry about organic. So with grapes, buy organic and have a grape day in the morning. Pun intended. <laughs> in addition, there's a 2010 study published in the British Medical Journal of Dermatology that found that tomatoes also protect the skin from skin cancer, and this is due to their high lycopene content. And also, consume foods high in omega-3 fatty acids like fatty fish, salmon, and tuna are great options. Eat walnuts, eat flax seeds, protect you from those dangerous skin cancer rays. All of these help to inhibit the COX-2 enzyme, which has been shown to promote skin cancer progression and cause inflammation. So you want to get rid of that COX-2 enzyme. Also helps with pain. All right, we are, let's see, uh, out of time. Yeah, I want to thank everybody. Thanks so much for the wonderful questions. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, you can email me at askthedoctor at toyourgoodhealthradio.com. And if I answer yours on the air, I'm going to send you a signed copy of my award-winning number one best-selling book, Food Sanity, How to Eat in a World of Fads and Fiction. I'll also include my audiobook, America's Unbalanced Diet. If you want to stay up to date with my latest articles, videos, and podcasts, go to drdavidfriedman.com. And while you're there, be sure and sign up for my free newsletter with all the latest health news you can use. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard me share something today that will benefit somebody that you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available at toyourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com and check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, and coworkers and share it on social media. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.